The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Lift your life, nourishment of the spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. I want to begin by reminding you that you are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. That's because you're spreading the word. Thank you for listening and for continuing to tell your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Canada, Germany, and Australia, and in the states of California, Illinois, and Texas. Welcome and thank you for your continuing support. As I promised last week at the beginning of every show, at least through September, I'm going to lead you through three exercises that we can all do to help stop or lessen the severity and frequency of the natural disasters that have been plaguing the earth. I'm doing them at the beginning of each show so you can find them easily and do them with me every day or at the very least every week. The wonderful thing about it is that as you help Mother Earth to clear the negative energy, you will also be clearing yourself of fears and other negative energies that are harmful to you. So please spread the word for yourself, your families, your local communities, our global community, and the Earth itself. For more information on this topic, listen to our May 28th on-demand show with Dwan Washington by going to my website, paulajoyce.com. I know that you are responding to this information because that show, even though it was at the very end of the month, was the second most listened to show last month. Thank you for listening and continuing to tell other people. Here are the three techniques to help clear yourself and the earth of fear. Please do them with me. The first one is an affirmation. I am love as I am loved. You are love as you are loved. All is love as all is loved. 
The second one is a visualization. If you have trouble visualizing, then just listen to the words, close your eyes, and think this or see it. A beautiful pink heart full of loving, shining pink light shining down upon you. See and feel the pink light going through your body, down to your feet, and into the ground where the pink light is filling and healing all of the fault lines in the earth, the oceans, and the atmosphere. The last technique is a chant. First, I'm going to say it, and then you can chant it with me. Om Ah, ha, ah, om, am, am. Om, ah, ha, ah, om, am, am. Know that as you do these three techniques, you are helping to fill yourself and the earth with pink healing energy that's balancing all the energies and helping to create calm and peace within yourself and the earth. These techniques are particularly helpful for anyone who has been abused because they experience more fear than most people. Please share these techniques widely. I feel so strongly about the importance of helping to clear ourselves and the earth of fear that I created a new workshop that I'm calling From Fear to Freedom. I will be sharing techniques that will help you release your own fears and at the same time you will be helping Mother Earth to release negative energy and prevent or lessen future natural disasters. Love truly is all there is. Fear is the illusion that blocks us from feeling unconditional love from the divine and from our limitless higher self. It also prevents us from doing the very things that would bring us the most joy. It's time to let go of fear and replace it with love, joy, and peace. For just $35, you can join us Friday, July 10, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at the Dallas Meditation Center in Richardson, Texas. Through this experience, you will release fears, stress, and worry. Learn techniques to use on your own. Be closer to the divine and your limitless self. Heal Mother Earth as you heal. Improve your health and well-being. Feel and be stronger. Be more creative. Have more joy, happiness, love, peace, and freedom. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing, with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. 
we can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life. And let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field. Like our returning guest today, Dr. Sharon Walker, who will tell us how to identify children living in toxic homes and how to intervene and provide help. If you have a question for her or are trying to figure out how to find the silver lining in a difficult situation or how to rid yourself of persistent negative thoughts or have a personal story to share, please call during the show to one 866 472-5795 or email now or between shows to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com and the phone number to call between shows is 1-214-736-4460 and be sure to get a pencil and paper now because you're going to need it later in the show for our question of the day. Last week, we had a great conversation with Dr. Gus Kaufman, who talked with us about the importance of raising boys who are able to feel the full range of human emotions. And by doing so, they are able to experience empathy and therefore unlikely to be abusive. The interesting corollary is the need to raise girls who are able to be assertive and even aggressive when it is necessary. And if we weren't raised that way, we can always learn new healthy ways of being if we choose it. The last weekend, I had just such an opportunity. I flew to a family event and had prepared ahead by renting a car online. After confirming that I had rented a compact car, I paid and the agent directed me to my car. I was shocked to discover that she wanted to give me a smart car. Now, these are great little cars for in-town driving, but there was no way I was going to drive on the highway in that car. When I protested that that was not a compact car and I was not going to accept it, she told me that I'd have to pay more money for a mid-sized car. When she showed me the mid-sized car, it was what I had always rented as a compact. I was upset but felt trapped. I needed a car. I said, I guess I have no choice but to pay the extra money. Then I heard a loud voice in my head say, yes, you do have a choice. At which point I said, actually, I want to speak to a manager. A smart car is not a compact car by any normal definition. The manager in the office was busy and said she'd get to me when she was finished with her task. I started asking questions about how long it was going to take. 
And within seconds, another manager appeared, walked me outside and gave me the car I thought I had reserved. I was never belligerent or out of control, but I was aggressive and insistent about the injustice that was taking place. It was very clear to me that the conversation with Dr. Gus Kaufman last week had a real impact on me. Up to that point, I had internalized that being aggressive was not appropriate behavior. Being assertive was okay, but not being aggressive. What I realized last weekend was that I had unconsciously bought into a sexist belief that aggressive behavior was unladylike. The problem is that sometimes you need to be aggressive to be heard and to get the job done properly. I now have a new tool in my bag that I can use when I need it. It's much healthier and more effective than anger or frustration, both of which are the result of seeing no way out of an unjust situation and are part of a victim mentality. Can I always get what I want? No, but I do have one more technique that will increase my chances of success. And that was my silver lining. I left feeling empowered. I had another experience during this weekend that is important for today's show. A four-year-old was telling me a long story about her friend's mother who had gotten into a car accident that resulted in her going to the hospital and getting a cast on her arm. The child repeated at least three times that the mother never cried, which led me to believe that this piece of information was the most important part of the story. After our program last week, I was particularly sensitive to the understanding that it's not only okay, but important to cry. So I made a point of saying that sometimes even adults cry when they are hurt or sad or upset. And there it was, without hesitation, out of the mouth of babes, this four-year-old said, my daddy makes my mommy upset all the time. You heard me right. This four-year-old said, my daddy makes my mommy upset all the time. And she said it very matter-of-factly. If anyone thinks that children don't know exactly what is going on in their homes, this is the proof that they are wrong. At the tender age of four, this child knows that daddy hurts mommy on a regular basis. This four-year-old has already internalized how a married couple relate to each other. Mommy is helpless to do anything about it. Nothing that she says or does changes her husband's behavior, and it is already in the next generation, repeating the cycle. Unless the mother wakes up to what is happening in her own home, or someone from the outside intervenes. Even if this child is not the subject of abuse, if no one intervenes, he will have a choice of becoming an abuser or being abused because those are his relationship role models. It is rare that anyone develops healthy relationships when they grow up in this kind of environment. One of my clients this week asked me, 
how I deal with the big question of why me and the feeling that it just isn't fair for an innocent child to be born into an abusive home. I struggled with these feelings for a long time. What I've come to is that I now like myself, and I know that who I am is the result of every experience that I've ever had. If I left anything out, I could guarantee that I'd still be me. So I accept what was and what is, and I'm grateful for all of it. I have learned and grown in so many ways that have made me a better person with qualities and knowledge that make it possible for me to have peace of mind, joy, happiness, and gratitude, as well as the ability to help others who are suffering in or from abuse. I've met amazing people along the way and have learned skills and belief systems that I may not have sought out if I had had an easier life. Some of those spiritual beliefs help answer my client's question. I believe that we all decide on our path in this life before we are born. Since I agreed to it, what is the point in railing against it? We are all here to learn and to grow in love. And this was the path that I needed in order to accomplish that in this lifetime. Other lifetimes have been easier, but my purpose this time required that I go through the experiences that I did. Since we all have free will, I could have made different choices along the way, like being stuck in a victim mentality or becoming an abuser. I'm glad I chose to heal and to help others do the same. It brings me great pleasure and helps give more meaning to my earlier struggles because I needed them in order to do the work I do now. The other important belief that gives me peace about my path is is the knowledge that we all have to experience everything in order to come fully into compassion and love for all people. That means having lifetimes in various religions, races, countries, economic situations, sexual orientations, genders, and experiencing all sides of something, like being abusive and being abused. We must experience all of it to be fully human in the best meaning of that word. Having said that, it's now time to introduce our guest who is going to talk with us after break about helping children who grow up in abusive homes. I'm pleased to welcome back Dr. Sharon Walker for her second appearance with us. She is an applied sociologist who brings her experience from industry, academia, healthcare, and private consulting to her teaching and her knowledge of abuse. Currently, Dr. Walker is teaching at Ivy Tech College in Indiana and has previously taught at the University of Texas Southwestern School of Medicine in Dallas, the School of Public Health at the Health Sciences Center at the University of North Texas in Fort Worth and the University of North Texas in Denton. Dr. Walker's numerous degrees cover a diversity of interests, including nursing, vocational rehabilitation, public health, conflict resolution, economics, and sociology. 
You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. During our break, go to paulajoyce.com, click on register now to read about and register for my workshop, From Fear to Freedom. Then click on calendar of events to see your question for today. Before the second break and at the end of the show, I'll give you something else to do with your question. When you email me, you will have an opportunity for me to read your email on the show. So right now, go to paulajoyce.com. Go to my calendar of events page, answer the question of the day on your own paper, and register for my workshops. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Sharon Walker, who will talk with us about how to recognize children who are living in abusive homes and how to intervene. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all know children who are living in homes with abuse. I hope that you said you are willing to help these children. And I'm so grateful to have Dr. Sharon Walker here with us, who not only is an expert in this field, but is also a friend and colleague. She and I met when we were serving on a committee that organized um, uh, 
um, professional development conferences for people working in the area of abuse. And then we co-chaired those conferences for four years. So we really got to know each other. It's such a joy to have you with us, Sharon. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be visiting with you over your program again. Wonderful. And so let's get right into the topic. A lot of people may not really understand what child abuse is. We use that term a lot, but let's really define it so we know what we're talking about. Very often when we think of child abuse, we think of um, children who come to the attention of Child Protective Services or who are identified in the juvenile justice system because of their behaviors or perhaps a crime that they've committed. And really, um, I want to take us back to the beginning of a child's life and how we can identify um, the potential for a child to be abused right from day one. And one of the clear aspects of that, of course, comes about when we see um, pregnant moms who are abusing their own bodies by drinking excessively or by taking either um, prescription drugs that they shouldn't while they're pregnant and, and using them in ways that aren't monitored by a health professional or they're abusing illegal drugs. This is where child abuse really starts, is, is right while the children, or the child is, is still just a thought and not a reality yet for the parents. And then when the child is born, we have a type of neglect that can set in that I'm going to refer to as benign neglect. And this type of abuse can happen when Mom is um, very seriously depressed through postpartum depression when mom is seriously self-absorbed through continued drinking and, um, and drug abuse. And the benign neglect comes about because mom is simply not present and able to provide the nurturing and care that the child needs. And we know that the mom is the first person that the child is looking to and trying to identify with. And if mom just isn't there, just isn't present, then that first link that the child should be making with an adult, it just simply doesn't exist. And then there are other types of abuse that we can think of as benign neglect that are not due overtly to um, the mom checking out or just simply not being present. And an example of that type of abuse might be through malnourishment and that the um, family is living under extreme stress through extreme poverty. And we see that happening in countries other than ours, but we also see that happening in our own country in situations where a family might be homeless. And um, there are many communities that have recognized the need to support families that are under this extreme type of stress, and that they have established food banks and soup kitchens and 
types of support, but if you're not able to take advantage of that type of support, perhaps you don't have transportation of any kind and they're too far to walk to, then you have a situation where a child has the potential for being neglected, but it's not through any over-causation on the part of the parents. And then we move to the types of abuse that a child might sustain that are getting a little bit more obvious, a bit more um, detectable. And you could have a child who's very, very colicky, crying all the time, doesn't sleep well. And we all know as adults that when we don't sleep well, we tend to get kind of cranky. Well, that happens too with a child. And if a child is keeping the parents up um, and they're not able to get adequate sleep, sometimes their crankiness gets manifested through um, shaking the baby in an attempt to quiet them and may even go so far as to isolating the child, putting them in a room and closing the door and hoping that the child will cry themselves to sleep. We have some very subtle types of abuse that you see can be manifested very early on in a child's life. And and I'm wondering if... Any questions about the introduction I've just given you on child abuse? Well, I'm just wondering if there are also, and maybe these Hello? are... Oh, can you not hear me? Hello? Um, oh, I hope I haven't lost you. Perhaps this is being recorded. At um, any rate, we move from the, the subtle types of abuse and benign neglect into more overt forms of physical abuse. Okay, so I'm curious about maybe more subtle forms of abuse that may not be detectable from the outside, but, um, you know, mothers who are on antidepressants because they can't manage um, the situation at home, and so they're medicating themselves legally um, in an attempt to have enough energy to cope, or um, mothers who are in denial, and like the situation that I described earlier, where the child knew that, you know, daddy was emotionally abusing mommy, but mommy doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be an example of if the mother was raised in a family um, where the um, male parental figure was emotionally abusive towards their mother, they're not going to be able to detect that that type of communication and that type of treatment by their spouse is anything other than the norm um, because of being conditioned to those circumstances. And um, and that's unfortunate because um, nobody should be raised in a situation of abuse, no matter what the type is, whether it's physical, psychological, or emotional abuse. Right. And so... What what can we do as an outsider who sees signs that um, something is going on in this family that's harming the child? W- what kind of interventions are there? 
The interventions that exist now can be offered through the child's pediatrician office, through the family's family um, practice physicians or general medical clinic. And very often um, when you visit those types of medical providers, you'll find information in their women's restrooms um, that are asking questions. Uh, does someone you love hurt you? Um, are you being harmed at home? Um, you know, those sorts of things so that the um, staff, both the physician as well as their support clinical staff, can start conversations with their patients about what might be happening with them at home and introduce them to community support networks and offer to make referrals for them. And very often what we find in situations is it may take as many as seven different attempts to contact um, professionals or to break away from an abuser before someone can successfully make that break and start moving forward in their life to um, a more healthier uh, life for themselves and for their children. Um, it's very, very difficult when you're constantly being told that nobody else could love you, that um, what you're doing is wrong or that you have to do things my way. This is the right way. And it, it can set you up for running a continuous loop where you're telling yourself constantly that um, the way that I was raised wasn't right or that if I try and do it this way, my husband, my partner will be angry with me. And you want to avoid that sort of emotional confrontation at all costs. And indeed, what starts happening is the person who's being abused, and particularly children, they'll start monitoring their behavior and adapt their behavior such that they are um, avoiding confrontation and conflict with the person um, that is the irritant in the family, if you will, because family violence and abuse is all a form of a person trying to exercise power and control over other people in their environment. And, and really, the <clears throat> they're conditioning the people in their environment to give up their own power and to modify their behavior, what they say, what they think, how they act in order to please the abuser. But in fact, there's no way ever to please the abuser. So no matter what you do, you get um, belittled or physically hurt or manipulated and controlled. So you lose no matter what, but you also lose parts of yourself and live in constant fear. Exactly. And, and when the child is the person that's doing the adaptation in this situation, their behaviors start to be manifested when they're very young. They'll start to moderate when they cry. 
Um, they'll start to moderate when they have a bowel movement. They'll start to moderate um, when they um, uh, are in the home um, and, and how they interact with adults in the home and how they interact with their siblings. And um, it could even be that they are persuaded through the actions of their parents to turn on one of their siblings. And one of the best examples of that is um, uh, documented and characterized um, in the story of a boy named It, and uh, I think it was Dave Pelzer, and he um, was very fortunate that it was a school teacher that eventually recognized that something um, was happening in a very negative way with this child at home, and he was able to persuade Child Protective Services to intervene and essentially to rescue this child from the home situation. And what was happening with him, it wasn't just his mother who was abusing him. His father was somewhat passive in in the whole picture, but the mother would not allow his siblings to take him food or to interact with him either. And as a child, he was kept in the basement of the home. Um, He still, in his subsequent chronicles, has documented the difficulties that he had as a teenager and the difficulties that he continues to experience as an adult. And it all stems from the early um, um, abuse that he sustained at the hands of his mother. And, and the fact that she taught the other children to be abusers is really uh, horrific. And what they have to live with as adults <clears throat> if they're still in touch with their humanity or if they've turned it off because it was too painful. Right, right. Um, so this, I think, is a, a good place for us to break. And when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit more about what we can do to help these children. Yes. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, paulajoyce.com, and sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process for my best-selling book and also get advance notice about every show episode and the on-demand show sent directly to your email. Now on your paper, write down what you're going to do to help children living in abuse. You can and do make a difference. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Sharon Walker. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. 
the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down what you're going to do to help children living in abuse. And I'm pleased to have with us Dr. Sharon Walker, who is talking with us on this very topic. And it occurred to me um, after um, after the break is is that while the music was playing that there are maybe more um, signs that we don't recognize as signs of abuse happening at home, like um, children who are on antidepressants, who are on ADHD meds, um, who are abusive or who allow other children to bully them. I, I don't know that everybody understands those as being linkages to abuse in the home and learn behaviors rather than isolated behaviors at school or maybe at church or at um, neighborhood rec centers. And very often the signs and symptoms that a child is living in a home where there's lots of trauma and drama, that those signs can be very subtle. And we might think of it and excuse it as, um, well, she's acting like a tomboy or boys will be boys. And thinking that there's an excuse for um, aggressive behavior, for the pushing and the shoving and the name-calling that you might see on a playground. But um, things um, can be identified. And if it comes to an instance where you have the opportunity to observe 
one or both parents with their children. It's the way the parents communicate with their child. Are you walking out behind them when you finished your grocery shopping or you're shopping at Walmart um, or at your favorite grocery store? And you see the parents yelling at the children, come back here, get in line, or hold my hand, or um, hurry up, that kinds of thing. And it could be rational, rash, you know, the, you could offer the rationale that the parent is in um, a time crunch, that there's agenda to fulfill, um, maybe there's another appointment that they have to get to, but... At other times, you'll see that there's more than just a reaching out from the parent with the expectation the child will take their hand, but rather that there's a slap to the butt or a slap to the shoulder, the back of the head. And it may seem extreme or inappropriate in the circumstances. And it's really, really hard to intervene. But if your hands aren't full with your own purchases... You might step up and say, I can see you're in a hurry. I, uh, I sense that you're, you're frustrated. Can I help you carry things to your car? And break that sort of emotional tension between the parent and the child without actually calling attention to what you observed in terms of um, not being confrontational. I just saw you hit your child and I'm going to report you to CPS but rather um, identify with or offer perhaps another underlying agenda or emotion that will help diffuse the situation. That might give you an opportunity to talk to the parent. They may say, mind your own business, but they may also say, oh, thank you so much. My husband's at home waiting on us and we've got to get back for dinner. And that might be the opportunity then for you to say, you know, if your husband's really impatient with you, there are people that you can talk to and maybe give them the National Domestic Violence Hotline number as a referral source or let them know that there are folks in the community. Remember, I mentioned it may take seven times before someone has the strength and the opportunity to walk away from an abusive situation, what if you're that first contact? How powerful a moment that is, both for yourself and for the person that you've offered information to. And the thing is that the children that are there with that person, they're listening and they're observing. And if they see you calm and not reacting negatively, then they're going to look to their their parent um, and and um, will probably respond positively to the way that you've talked to their parent. Does that, does that make sense? I absolutely love what you just described. It's so incredibly powerful. So powerful because it shows compassion to the adult, which they probably don't get if they're the abused party. And and it also role models for the children. I think it's a, and you provide positive um, information 
to the parent and then they have a choice of, of acting on it or not, but you've, and maybe you're the seventh one. <laughs> yes, yes, that could very well be. <laughs> um, you know, but, but we can, and I think that's the problem is that we feel helpless when we're either experiencing abuse or observing it. We freeze and don't know what to do. And it's usually fear that blocks us. But you went into a position of power and of peace and calm and authority, but not authoritarian, but authority that you can help authority with compassion um, and passion. (laughs) Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I there's so much power in what you described and a stranger, a neighbor, a family friend, a, a school teacher, a nurse, um, a, a, a rec center um, staff, anybody can intervene, a, ch- a parent who runs carpool, um, you know, in these positive ways that support and are helpful as opposed to accusatory, which cause more fear and block any potential for help that you may be able to offer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the, the um, other thing, too, that to me um, is being able to put yourself in the position of the child that sees what's happening and how their parent is reacting because children will accept that emotion and accept the words that are said to them and they will self-blame and start to look for um, excuses not to go out and, and have to be with that particular parent or the flip side of that is not to go home and be with that kind of parent. And, you know, sort of delay the inevitable that they know that they'll be punished when they get home if they've been tardy or if they haven't brought good grades home or if their clothes are dirty or something like that. And so the child will start with other types of adaptive behaviors to be able to cope in in a particularly harmful situation. And and I think one thing that we sometimes lose sight of, I want to refer back again to emphasize what you said about it often on average will take seven times for somebody to finally leave an abusive situation and then to take their children out of that abusive situation. And I'm thinking that sometimes we lose patience. We tell somebody we may talk to a friend who's confided in us uh, about the abuse at home or their troubles, and we give advice, they don't take it, and then we give up on them as opposed to continuing to provide the information that that they need to hear. Not that everything's going to be okay, but that information that will support their taking action to change their life circumstances and that sometimes it can take years or months and numerous conversations but to not give up on people right right but the times that are critical to intervene um, in in a more um, definite way 
um, and call in authorities is, of course, when you see severe emotional abuse, severe neglect, severe psychological abuse, and, of course, physical abuse of a child. And then, um, certainly for teachers and healthcare professionals and counselors, you have um, an ethical obligation to step up and say, enough is enough, this child needs help. And um, the sorts of things that teachers and school nurses and counselors can recognize are to look behind the um, uh, behaviors that are manifested in a classroom with not being able to pay attention, with falling asleep at your desk, with disrupting the class by being um, aggressive on the playground at lunch or at recess, always bullying your way to the front of the line. And step back and look at that child and ask the question, why is this child behaving this way? Um, especially if there are other siblings in the, in the school and you don't see the same types of behavior, but you may, for a sibling, see total opposite types of behavior. The child that sits at the back of the classroom and never raises their hand doesn't participate. You don't see them engaging with other classmates or other students on the playground. Um, They really have to be encouraged at team sports if they're taking physical education classes. And it could very well be that their protective mechanism is to be invisible, to hide, to stay quiet, so that hopefully no one will notice them or call attention to their presence. And um, it's, it's really a tough call because you get this whole continuum of behaviors. And, and um, it, it can be the very, very passive types of behaviors to very aggressive types of behaviors. And when it comes to academics, you can have the whole continuum um, of results in an academic sense. You can have your A triple plus students because that's how they choose to hide themselves is to bury themselves in their books and be quiet and be extremely studious so that they're being highly productive in the classroom. But you also have the D students, the ones that their attendance might be poor. And if they're an older child and we're talking a high school situation, it might be that that child is asked to stay home for um, mom or dad, the injured parent, after a death domestic violence dispute. And, and it's and, really and, a tough call um, when you see such a vast array of responses to trauma um, and being exposed to abuse at home. Uh, and I hate to stop you there, but we are out of time. Um, would you please give, do you know offhand the domestic violence, the international number? I do. It's 1-800-799-SAFE. Okay, safe. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This information was so important. Um, and I I'm very grateful, Sharon, for your being with us. Thank you. And I'd like You're to thank welcome. my 
<laughs> and I'd like to thank my audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to learn more about how I help people recover and heal from abuse. Next Thursday, please join us when Mary DeSano will share with us her personal story of physical, mental, and spiritual healing and transformation. If you have a difficulty in your own life or an inspirational story, please contact me at drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. We'll be right back.